In January, Tear Kipabane watched China build a hospital in just two weeks as the coronavirus ravaged parts of the country. As the death toll climbed an ocean away, she got worried. At that moment, I think it really hit me hard that, you know, this could totally come to our community, that we may be dealing with, with this. Yeah, I got scared. Tear, a nurse who runs the Infectious Disease Bureau in Salt Lake County, Utah, knew it was just a matter of time before coronavirus made its way to her corner of the world. And she was going to do everything she could to be prepared. From the Annenberg Studio at the University of Pennsylvania, I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. Tear is a contact tracer, sometimes called a disease detective. Super cool name. But Tear admits tons of people just stare when she tells them what she does. Contact tracing means that we're trying to find out people that have been around a person who is infected with an infectious disease, meaning a disease that can spread to other people if they have been close to the person who is infected with that particular disease. Contact tracers call themselves detectives because tracking down people can mean looking through old receipts, bank statements, calendar appointments, reaching out to family, coworkers, people at a bar, anyone who may have been exposed. And the clock is always ticking. That is the heart and soul of the work that we do because without contact tracing, um, we can't really stop the spread of the disease. When a person has been exposed, it's critical that they are being brought to testing or treatment or provide education. Until last December, Tare and her team aimed to keep diseases like HIV, chlamydia, and tuberculosis from spreading. That's when they started preparing for COVID, one of the first public health offices in the country to get operations up and running. She says the nature of this virus brings a whole new level of urgency. For instance, with TB, with tuberculosis, there's time and there's testing that can be done. There's a preventive treatment that they can take. Now, in the opposite where COVID is, um, it's time sensitive. We got to move very quickly because we don't want a person who's infected with the COVID to make any movement, meaning leaving their home. There's not really any treatment we can tell them, but stay home. So does that up the pressure on you and your staff? Because for COVID, there is no treatment. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Our goal is to be able to reach out within 24 hours, so as quickly as we can, because of that. I think it's emotionally, just because we have deaths that are going around in the community, um, and the urgency on our part to want to do a good job, want to preserve lives. Public health experts estimate 100 to 300,000 contact tracers are needed nationwide. But NPR reports, as of right now, they're less than 10,000, with plans to bring on just another 40,000. In late April, 14 senators proposed sending public health departments $8 billion to staff up, a step Salt Lake County has already taken. We had about 42 employees within the Infectious Disease Bureau. When we got our first case, which was March 4th, that's when I start calling out for help. As of today, about 100 and anywhere from 20 to 30 employees. So your staff has tripled? Yes, from 40 to 120. Tara says it's hard to prove how effective the strategy is, 
80 to 100 new cases are coming in the door a day. They started out with one case on March 4th. Today, it's north of 2,900, but it's been holding pretty steady, and the county has only about three dozen COVID-related deaths. One reason for the success? Great data. Unlike lots of public health departments, TARE gets clean, actionable information fast. We're pretty connected with all the labs and all the providers. We're really out there so they know who we are. So even if somebody gets tested, sometimes we even get the report before the lab. It's even shown up in our system. Maybe, says Tara, the toughest part of the job is figuring out how to get the COVID-positive patients to be honest about where they've been. So one of my employees um, was having a hard time because this family had went on a trip to California and came back, and then basically everybody that sat in the car were infected. And then a couple people start getting sick a couple days later, and more people start getting sick. So there was one particular gal who was really fearful. She didn't want to give out any information. Nobody wants to think of themselves as some super spreader. Tara stepped in to help. I said, you know what, let's just make a call together. Let's just call this, you know, young lady. So as we, um, you know, we were talking to her, um, I sense a lot of fear, a lot of, you know, I I don't want people to um, stigmatize me that I gave it to them. She listened without passing judgment. Hey, you know, it's not your fault that you are infected with COVID-19. It's going around. We saw it, how it started in China. It just moved across the whole world. And now it is in our community, we know. I said, I need your help to to take the responsibility, you know, in stepping up and, and allow us to be part of our team in stopping this. And so what happened? What'd she say? Um, she was compliant, yeah, so she gave us all the names that we needed yeah, once she understood that what we're about. And I think that was the first time that I'd, I felt like, gosh, the work we do is really make a difference. You will remember this time the rest of your life. What sacrifices have you had to make to perform at the level you've performed at? I, I feel like all of us do sacrifice, you know, at some level or another. And for me, it was time. Every morning, yeah, when I leave my house, just, I just never know what time I'll go home. And I just really trust that my husband and, and my children will just do their part. In the office, six days, seven days, some weeks, she's logged more than 90 hours on the job. What's she sacrificed? She's sacrificed her time as a mom. Um, they, they do. They yearn for mommy to go home every day. They're just kind of waiting when I walk in the door. And they rush them, mom's here. And then like, everybody <laughs> kind of line up, you know, race each other down the stairs to give me hugs. Everybody needs to do their part. That's the mantra Tara's repeated to her children, to her co-workers, and to the people who are COVID positive. As strange as it may sound, Tara says it's a privilege to serve in this scary, sad time. A privilege because she knows she has a role to play, and she's playing it. I'm Dan Gornstein, and this is Tradeoffs.
The Tradeoffs team is producers Ryan Levy and Vicki Stern, sound designer Andrew Perella, and editor Leslie Walker. The Tradeoffs theme song was composed by Ty Sitterman with additional music this episode from Purple Planet and Moby. Additional thanks to Nicholas Rupp, Eileen Risk, and the Tradeoffs Advisory Board. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. You can keep in touch with us between episodes by following us on Twitter at TradeoffsPod or sign up for our newsletter at TradeOffs.org. Tradeoffs is supported in part by the California Healthcare Foundation, Arnold Ventures, and the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Additional support from the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics and the Center for Public Health Initiatives at the University of Pennsylvania. The views expressed in this episode are those of the individuals and not those of Tradeoffs staff, advisors, or funders. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.